You know, um, I want to, there's a lot for us to do in this service this morning. And I, as I was standing there in front, I just felt the Lord say to me, just shift your message. And uh, we, I was away this week, ministered at uh, Ebenezer and just in uh, Port Elizabeth and saw the saw mighty works of God there. Uh, just saw the, how the Lord does things supernatural. Can I just say we are in a season of the supernatural. We are in a season where God's doing things uh, in an accelerated pace. Uh, he's doing things that um, I have not seen the Lord do so many things at such a quick pace uh, as in this season. And even as I was away um, on Wednesday and Thursday night ministering to those uh, people, I just saw how the Lord touched people and set people free. And demons screams out, supernatural things happening, miracles happening in front of our eyes. And so this morning, I want your hearts to be ready for miracles. Amen. I want your hearts to be ready to shift with God. We have made a statement in this church and we are standing with what we are saying. We believe, point number one, that God is going to do a debt provision clearance. In other words, God is going to do provision like He's never done before. The reason why I say that for, for people that wonder why we say that is because if you study Joel chapter number two, uh, you'll find that before the latter outpouring or the last outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we'll all be a part of, I believe, there has to be a wave of provision that has to come first. So provision has to come first and then there'll be an outpouring of God's Spirit. Whoever you will receive that and accept that this morning. Come on. Is there people that are ready to receive the supernatural in terms of provision, in terms of seeing God move in your family, wiping debt out? Come on. Are you, are you with me? I don't know if I'm speaking to the right church this morning, but we have to be a people that believe God for the supernatural, for the impossible. The second thing that we are trusting God for, or we have made a statement for, is that nobody will be ill. Can I say that again? We, the spirit of sickness and infirmity is not welcome. And uh, why? Because when the Lord, when the Lord went through, uh, when the Israelites went through the Red Sea, nobody was ill. And so we, are, we have started to make that declaration that nobody in this church will be ill. Nobody. Not your family, not yourself, nobody. There will be no sickness amongst us. And we have to stand that. And the third thing I just want to say before I get into the scriptures is that I believe that you are in your part of a family. This church is a supernatural church. In other words, this church is a church that are hungry for the presence of God. That's why we're always content for the presence. We're always content for the supernatural. It doesn't happen, matter what has happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What has happened is, or what is important is that we contend for the kingdom of God. Jesus says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here as it is there. Amen. And who of you know, we are only a certain amount of period of time here. So we have to see heaven now. When do we want, when do we want the breakthrough? When do we want the healing? When do we want the provision? Faith is? When is faith? So we want it now. And so we have to just come in line of the will of the Father. Because Jesus says, I've done nothing, I say nothing unless I see and I hear. And so this morning, I, as I stood there, the Lord said to me, uh, tell my people that they are anointed. <laughs> Let me say that again. He said to me, tell my people they are anointed. They must not forget that they have the anointing. Save me the anointing. Now there's two scriptures I'm going to go to and I'm going to quickly speak to you about the five benefits of the anointing. Are you, are you okay? 
And this is, I haven't prepared for this. I wanted to speak to you on prayer right now because we're in a season and a time of prayer. But the Lord took me here and He said, tell my people they are anointed. The Bible says the first scripture that I just want you to, to go to is Acts chapter number 10, verse number 38. Well-known scripture, I've, I've spoken about that before, but I just want to use it as an introduction so that we can go to the, the anointing. And then hopefully if we have time that permits us, we can anoint you this morning. The anointing makes you different. The anointing makes you peculiar. The anointing makes you stand out. It makes you walk by favor. It makes you walk by faith and not by sight. The anointing. And so in Acts chapter number 10, verse number 38, the Bible says how Jesus Christ was anointed by God. How anointed by God. Please note that how Jesus Christ was anointed by God, healing all those oppressed by the devil. And here's the part that we sometimes miss. For God was with him. You see, it doesn't matter who's not with you, unless God is with you. Oh, come on, can I say that again? Come on, let's, in this eight o'clock service, we can shout. It doesn't matter who has left you, but because you are never defined by those that have left you. You are defined by the one that stayed with you. Listen, a thousand may fall on my left hand side and 10,000 may fall on my right hand side, but it will not draw near unto me. Why? For the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my buckler. The Lord is my strong towel. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my confidence. The Lord is my, ah, come on. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. Jehovah Adonai, the Lord my, the covenant keeper. I don't just serve anybody, I serve the Lord. He introduced himself as the Lord of the army of the hosts of heaven. The God of war. By the way, when he says the Lord of hosts, the word the Lord of hosts means the God of war. What does that mean? It means that you don't fight the battle, the battle belongs to the Lord. You just need to unleash the Lord and stand back. You'll see God deliver you of many things. So save me the anointing. So the Bible speaks in, in, uh, in Psalm 23, which is, you all will know. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Please note that. Singular, my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Please note that, His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want you to note something right there. I don't want to focus there, but I just want you to note something there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Please note there's no valley that's permanent. <laughs> though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walk, you're walking, you're not lying down, you're not being stagnant, you're not chained down, are you walking? If you're walking, you're living. <laughs> I will fear no evil, for you are with me. <laughs> your rod and your staff, they comfort me. By the way, the rod is meant for the devil, the staff is meant for the sheep. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over for surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I want us, I want us to go to a scripture. Go for me to Romans chapter, uh, uh, John chapter number 12 verse number 2. 
John chapter number 12, verse number 2. I just want to come down. I want to be close to you. John chapter number 12, verse number 2. I want to show you something here. Save me the anointing. John chapter number 12, verse number 2 says, There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. In other words, this scripture was written just after Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Please note that when Jesus calls for Lazarus, he doesn't call for, he doesn't call for many names, he calls for one name. Just calls for Lazarus. But there's now a problem there in verse number two. And we're going to go back to uh, Psalm 23 just now. It says, There they made him a supper, and Martha served him. But Lazarus was, was one of those who sat at the table with him. In other words, Jesus made uh, Lazarus come to life. Jesus resurrected Lazarus. And then Jesus made Lazarus sit alive in the presence of his enemies. Now what do you do if God resurrects, resurrects things in your life and He makes you sit down in the presence of your enemies? Are, are you okay? Now go back to, to Psalm 23, I think it's verse number 5, that says, He anoints my head of oil, my cup overflows. Save me the anointing. You have to understand as you sit here this morning, you have the anointing. The anointing is not a, not a it, it's not, a, it's not the dove, the, it's not even the oil. However, the anointing is a person. His name is the Holy Spirit. And as you, as you are here in this first service, you have to understand you have the anointing. And the anointing makes you different. When we speak about Jesus the Christ, the word Christ is the word Christos, which means to be robbed, to be smeared, to be consecrated. In other words, when somebody got anointed, they took oil and they smeared, they robbed it, they consecrated that person. And there was now no separation again. In other words, once you've been anointed, smeared, consecrated, put on task, put on mission, you cannot be taken off that unless you decide so. But I, I want you to see this here. So what the, what the shepherd would have done is, is the, we have to understand just Old Testament literature here for a bit to understand the power of the anointing. Are you guys okay? Save me the anointing. You need the anointing. Because what we are experiencing in our church is you are experiencing the glory of God. The glory, the difference between the anointing and the glory is this. The anointing is upon a man, the glory is God coming in himself. In other words, in the glory of God, we see signs, we see wonders, we see miracles, we see demons being casted out, demons fleeing. Everything happens simultaneously in the glory. But in the anointing, it's man cooperating with God. Are you guys okay? Understand what I'm saying? So save me again, the anointing. So please note what God does. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows in the presence of my enemies. In other words, the Lord anoints your head of oil. He makes your cup overflow and He makes the enemies watch on. <laughs> Why? He, God needs witnesses around you to testify to His goodness for you. Let me say that again. So rejoice. That's why the Bible says in James 1, Rejoice in all trials and sufferings, for the Lord is working all things out to your benefit. Listen, all things, not some things, everything. Are you there? Save me again the anointing. So what happened was this, is that the, the shepherd would take his shepherd bag. He had a belt on. And as he had his belt on, he had a shepherd's pouch. And in the shepherd's pouch, there was oil. And the shepherd would walk ahead of his sheep 
and you'll pour the oil into the adder's holes or into the snake's holes, right? And so what happened was the snakes started to be educated that their DNA, because a snake's skin is slippery, as you would know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a skin that, that is slippery. If you put oil on it, it's slippery. In other words, the, the snakes got educated that in the presence of the sheep or when the sheep was present, their holes was full of oil and therefore the DNA of the snake started to work against the snake. In other words, in the presence of my enemies, the sheep were busy grazing. In other words, the sheep was feeding whilst the snakes was present. But the, the snakes got educated that the ones that carries the anointing, the ones that carries the oil, the ones that are robbed of the oil, the ones that got the oil robbed upon them, they cannot be touched. They can be watched, but they cannot be touched. Ah, Save me the anointing. So you have to understand the anointing puts you in the sight of the enemy, but out of reach of the enemy. Come on. Are you guys okay? Are you with me? So literally in the presence of the, the enemies, the, the sheep started to feed uh, and eat the grass and the snakes were also present, but they were powerless. It sounds like Colossians chapter number 2 verse number 14 to 15. Can we quickly go there? Colossians 2, 15 to 14, please. Uh, 2, 2, 14 to 15. I just want to show you this. Because you have to understand, save me again, the anointing. Colossians 2, 14 to 15 says this, how Jesus Christ, quickly go there. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, 15. Having disarmed principalities, powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. I want you to see something here. The enemy doesn't have weapons. Let's go back. Verse 15. Having disarmed. In other words, the enemy doesn't have weapons. Satan doesn't have weapons. It's been taken from him. In other words, for the enemy to be empowered, he needs Christians to agree with him. <laughs> Can I say again? The enemy doesn't have authority. It's taken from him. He has power left. Who has the power and the authority? Us. So we have to cooperate with him to see his will come to pass. But if we don't cooperate, he cannot influence. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter number 10 verse 38, as I started, the Bible says, how Jesus Christ was anointed by God, healing all those oppressed by the devil. For God was with Him. Are you guys okay? God was with Him. It's very important for us to understand that. And the word there, oppressed by the devil, is of course the Greek word katadonasion. It means those that are limited in their potential. Those that were limited by the devil. The word kata means to press down. The word dunastios, the word dunamas. It means ones that are holding back or holding down, holding, pushing down the potential. Uh, Jesus says the anointing does not discuss the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. So therefore when Jesus hang on this cross, it wasn't a discussion. It wasn't a discussion between the, the keys of hell, hades and the grave. It was a victory. So therefore, as we pray, as we seek the Lord's face, you have to understand you have been anointed by God to be on mission. You are never anointed by God to be dormant. 
Let me say it again. You are anointed for the mission. And as you go, listen, let me get drop revelation in your spirit. The reason why you sometimes face, uh, um, f- face a fight back or the sometimes when you face opposition, the reason why that happens is because you are actually doing something. There will be no fight unto you if you're doing nothing. Because then you're not a threat. Only people that are walking are, because the Bible says this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds. For though I walk in the flesh, I do not war in the flesh. And Paul is, what is Paul saying there in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10? He is trying for you to understand that when we are taking territory for God, the, the result will be pushback from the enemy. However, the anointing breaks the yoke. Come on, are you there? Say me again, the anointing. And so what the shepherd would have done, he pours the oil into this adder's holes and now the snake's DNA works against the snake. You have to understand that the anointing upon your life takes you out of the reach of the enemy but in sight of the enemy. That's why the Bible says come and hide under the shadow of the Almighty because when you hide in the secret place, you are in sight but out of reach. Come on, are you there? Come and hide. Where Where does God put Moses? He put Moses in the cleft of the rock. The rock represents Jesus. He hides him in Jesus. Oh, come on. Are you, are you awake this morning in power? And so, say me again, the anointing. I want you to understand this. Then the Bible says, now the sheep, the sheep are present. They are walking through. They are walking through the snakes, but the snakes understand that they can't touch these people. Then the second benefit of the anointing again was the shepherd would have taken the the anointing oil and he would have smeared it or he would have rubbed it onto the sheep's forehead. And as it was rubbed onto the sheep's forehead, what would have happened was this. As rams or sheep would have attacked one another, they would have slid off one another. Because the anointing protected them from the attack. Oh no, I don't know if this is too much for Sunday morning. The anointing on the ram's heads made the rams slip off. You have to understand that you have been anointed by God. And if you are anointed by God, it means the attack slips off. Oh, come on, am I preaching to the right people here this morning? It means the attack can come, but it slips off you. Why? You are anointed. You have to know that about yourself. Save me the anointing. So the first point that I made was this, is that the anointing is for the benefit so that the snakes can be watchers, but they cannot be touchers. In other words, they can watch, but they cannot touch. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not lying down, I'm walking. Come on, are you there? I want you to understand something. All temptation is common to man, but God leads no man into temptation. God cannot tempt any man. Bible says in other words when we find ourselves in the valley we have to understand we have to keep on walking what the devil does best is to try to tell you that the valley is permanent I'm telling you the valley is not permanent God uses all things to the benefit of the believer God doesn't cause a sickness but he uses the sickness God doesn't cause a trouble but he uses the trouble God doesn't cause the poverty but he uses the poverty all things work together for your good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. 
Come on, the Bible says everything works together. The word working together there is the Greek word synergeo. It means everything finds synergy to work on God's timetable, timetable to accomplish His purpose for your life. That means even the devil is on God's payroll to make you a success. Oh no, you don't understand that. Even the problems you face have to work together for the eternal purpose and the plans of God. Because many is the plans of a man's heart, but the purpose of the Lord prevails. Come on, are you there? Save me the anointing. So the anointing protects you. The second thing, the anointing makes you, even though the attack comes, it does slip off. Are you there? It does slip off. And in this hour, we have to educate the church to be carriers of the anointing. Because otherwise, what are we doing? We're singing a few songs and we're playing church. No, we are here to let the kingdom of God come. The Bible says, deliver us from all evil. The word evil is the Greek word ponderos, which means poverty and pain. We have to be contenders to be relieved from all things that brings poverty and pain. Sickness brings pain. It has to go. Poverty brings pain. It has to go. Come on, we have to be carriers of hope. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Hope deferred makes the soul sick. Therefore, we have to be carriers of hope. We need to bring hope to people. We need to introduce him to the Prince of Peace, which is not only the, uh, the, an, an answerer, but he's also, you see, you have to understand this about God. You, you, can be in, you can be in prison, but prison doesn't need to be in you. You say, where do you get that from? Listen, Paul was in prison, but the prison wasn't in Paul. How do we know? Because Paul worships God in prison. In other words, he's, he himself is in prison, but his worship is outside of the prison cell because Paul never allowed the prison to come into him. Paul gets bitten by a snake. Who of you know that when you get bitten by a snake, you should have the poison inside of you. Yet the poison doesn't reach Paul's bloodstream because there's another blood running in Paul's vein, Paul's veins that are stronger than the poison of the snake. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? So you might be bitten, but you have to understand there's a difference between being bitten and being allowed to let that bite define you. Come on, I'm preaching good. You cannot let the bite of lives define you. You, got, you cannot let the bite of people and circumstances and surroundings and sickness and disappointments that define you. The call of God upon your life is better than that. You have to shake it off. You have to shake it off. Save me the anointing. And so what, this, what the shepherd would have done, not only would he anoint the head of oil, not only would they be protected from the snake, not only would the snakes not, not be able to touch, they'll only be able to watch, not only would the anointing uh, make them slip off the attack. In other words, when the attack comes, uh, still the, the attack got slip off. Jesus took, takes it to a whole other dimension with, with the anointing. He takes, the shepherd would have taken an apple or fruit and he would bite that fruit. And as he bit that fruit, he would start to walk in front of his sheep. In other words, he'll start to walk like that with the fruit in his hand. And the Bible says that the sheep started to smell, to smell, to smell the fruit. Why did, they, why did they smell the fruit? Answer, sheep didn't have very good eyesight. But they had brilliant ears. 
That's why your Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. But I want you to see how they follow Jesus. Because the scripture ends in Psalm 23. It says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, right? So what happened was this. Oh, come on guys, I want you to catch this. What happened was this. As the sheep smelled the fruit, they couldn't see the fruit, but they could smell the fruit. And so they started to walk from a dimension of not seeing yet believing. (laughs) You walk by and not by. Okay, but I want you to see how and what motivates you to walk. Goodness and mercy. So now the sheep is smelling the goodness and they know the goodness is at the master. And to get to the master, they need two things. They need to believe that the goodness is there. And secondly, they need to listen to his voice. And so now the sheep start to walk by faith and not by sight. Because the, the shepherd has got the goodness. Come on, are you, are you with me? You have to believe as you sit here this morning that you can move from the natural to the supernatural, from sight to faith by believing and trusting who Jesus says He is. Come on, it's not about believing just about Him. You have to believe in Him. It's not believing about the cross. Believe in the cross. Not about the blood in the blood. Not about the empty tomb in the empty tomb. If the king is alive and his goodness wants to follow you all the days of your life. But we have, to, we have to accept it and say, Lord, I listen to your voice. In ancient Israel, actually, by the way, if you, there was, the, and it's a fact what I'm saying to you, it's an agricultural fact. If you, had a, if, you had a, if, if you had a shepherd with 200 sheep in front of him and another shepherd with 200 sheep in front of him, and this, this shepherd wants to speak to that sheep and that shepherd wants to speak to these sheep, these sheep will never go over to this sheep fault because the shepherd's voice is foreign. In actual fact, you can go and Google what I say. They've even tested this where they bring a group of sheep together and then one shepherd dresses exactly like the other shepherd. He masks himself. He, he looks the same. He does everything. He even whistles the same. But the sheep don't respond. Then the real shepherd comes onto the scene. He does exactly the same. The sheep respond immediately. It's interesting that your Bible says that Satan comes as an angel of light. Jesus himself said that it will happen. Jesus said these words. He said, I have come to you, but you, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you as a mother hen will gather her, her, the chicks under, under her wings. But you knew not your time of visitation. And then he says a a statement that should drive fear into people's hearts. He said, and another will come and you will listen to him. Are you guys there? What is he talking about? It's speaking about into the season that we are about almost to enter into. Where there will be another that will look like him. Who is he speaking about? The Antichrist. But I want you to know this morning that this is not the hour for the Antichrist. This is the hour for the Spirit of the Lord to move amongst His people. Come on, we cannot be more convinced about what the devil does than what what God is doing. Are you there? Because we have to understand we are anointed people. And as you sit here this morning, you are anointed. 
May I say it as boldly as this, you are anointed to be a disappointment to the enemy. May, oh, may, may, you, may, may you carry so much faith this morning that you understand that you are anointed to be different. You are anointed to cause an upset. As I, as I stand here, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me about, about King David and I, I want to minister to you quickly just on that. So save me again, the anointing. Are you guys listening? Are you hearing this morning? Come on. We have to, we have to contend. We have to contend for the faith. We have to contend with what, what we believe. The Bible speaks about King David and it, and it says this. And I, and I want you just, that I'm going to throw just one scripture out at you and then, I, then I'm going to ask you to respond with me. Again I say, and I just want you to understand this, is that we, again I say we have to understand that the, the prisons that sometimes we find ourselves in, we don't need to be defined by those things. In other words, that prison cell doesn't need to live in me. I can be in a situation, but I don't need to be of the situation. I can be in the storm, but I don't need to submit to the storm. And so one of the things I found is this, is that what gets me from a place of, what gets me from a place of being in a situation to out of a situation is action. I have to take action. Because if I believe who God says He is, I have to take action. I can't be dormant because faith that is dormant is not faith. Faith has to be active. We need active faith. Come on believers, are you, are you guys there? We need active faith. Active faith. And I'll quote one last scripture for you and then I'm going to ask you to, to respond to that. Because we have to break this thing of the spirit of the world trying to be or trying to infiltrate. Because the church is the light. We cannot have the same issues as the world has. I'm sorry, but we are made and we are called different. We cannot have the same problems. We cannot have the same circumstances. We cannot have the same shortcomings. We have to have the answer. We have to be different. Come on guys, are you there? And so one last scripture that I'll quote you, save me again, the anointing. We are in a season now as this, this church, we, us as a people, we are in a season of persistent prayer. In other words, we are praying nonstop. Why? Because we understand there's something that the Lord is busy doing in our midst. God is unlocking the glory. God is unlocking the supernatural. God is unlocking finances. God is unlocking health. God is doing many things in the season because He's preparing the church. Yesterday, we took in our biggest new members class ever in the, in the fourth term in the history of the church. And this church has been around from 1996 to 2022. In the last 26 years, we've never had so many people join the church. Come on, that's a place where you can just... And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that so that you can understand that God is rapidly growing the church. Durban has been in their new building for, for five weeks. In five weeks, yesterday, they took in 20% of their, their growth. They took in in one day. And that's, that is not even what we need to trust for, to be honest. Peter preached one sermon. 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. Talk about church growth. Second sermon, 5,000. So we are in the days of the supernatural. Come on guys, it's not everywhere like here. 
I can tell you, I was now, this week I was uh, somewhere else, and I'll say it in this first service. I was in Peewee, Pee Peewee, Peewee. <laughs> that didn't sound good. Thank God this is in the first service I say that. I was in PE, and I can tell you, we have a good year. We are blessed. I tell you, we are blessed. And so, in action, I want us just to do this. Just want to quote one scripture to you. And I can't go into that. I'll do that in the second service. But there's something about persistent prayer that I, I want you just to catch. The Bible says that Peter gets locked up, right? And to make everything in a single sentence, the church starts to pray for, for Peter, right? Then the Bible says something interesting. The angel of the Lord comes to Peter. Peter is sleeping. And then the angel of the Lord says to Peter, get up. And I just want to leave us there. Get up. I want you to see something. Peter doesn't ask the question, how? He's chained to the ground. He's got six Roman guards around him. Peter doesn't ask the question, how? Peter gets up. And as he gets up, the chains falls off. So, uh, worshipers, guys, come back. I, worship team, I want us to be there this morning in this first service. Will you make up your mind to get up? Why? You've been anointed. If you've been anointed, you've been appointed. If you've been appointed, you've been predestined. If you've been predestined, there's a task at hand. There's a purpose at hand. The angel says to Peter three things. He says to him, get up, dress yourself. And I don't have time now to go into that. Dress yourself. He says, put on the sandals and follow me. In other words, Peter, get up. How? Then doesn't even ask the question. Changes, falls up. He cloaks himself in his own cloak, which means identity. He puts on the sandals. And long story short, I'll just put it in this one sentence for you. And then we activate. Is that the Holy Spirit or the angel says to Peter, Peter, the task is not done. Put on your sandals. Let's go. This morning, I'm here to tell you in the first service, you are anointed by God. You're anointed by God that your enemy may watch, but he cannot touch. You're anointed by God that the attacks may come, but they're going to slip off. You're anointed by God that He leads you by His goodness and His mercy. And so you can expect the best. You do not need to expect the rest. You can expect the supernatural, the best of God. You don't need to just expect some things. You can expect all things from God. Are you, are you guys there? And then lastly, I want you to see this. He leads you beside still waters. Why still waters? Because at still waters, the sheep sees themselves in the reflection of the water. Why is that important? Because the first person that Jesus will introduce you to you, or the first person that Jesus will introduce you to, is yourself. Because once you have your identity, you understand your destiny. <laughs> Come on, are you guys okay? And so this morning, our, our time is running. I, I want us just to be a hungry people. I want us to be a people in our own hearts this morning and I can pray for you corporately that you can decide in your own heart this morning, I'm getting up, I'm standing up, 
I'm standing up. I'm standing up. Why? I am anointed. I'm standing up. I'm not going to let a snake define me. I'm not going to let a bite define me. I'm not going to let a shipwreck define me. I'm not going to let a prison cell define me. Come on, write through your Bible. I can quote you. Joseph is in prison. Uh, Moses was, was, was casted out. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the fire. The Israelites in front of the impossibilities. Right through your Bible, it's, it's littered with people that faces the impossibility. But there's a sentence there that we never should forget. How Jesus Christ was anointed by God, healing all those oppressed by the devil. For God was with Him. You see, you can stand in the fire if God is with you, the fourth man in the fire. You can go into the lion's den if there is a God with you in the lion's den. Come on. You can be in the prison cell and sleep like a baby like Peter did. Why? God is with me. The Lord my God. Come on. So are you with me in power? Do you understand? God is with you. God makes you unusual. God makes you peculiar. God makes you favored. God makes you the head and not the tail. God makes you above and not beneath. In my incoming and in my outgoing, I shall be blessed. This temple belongs to the Lord. Come on. Come on, give Jesus just 10 seconds. 10 seconds of praise. Yes, Lord. As you stand, I want everybody to stand quickly. <laughs> I want you to note something. The Bible speaks about, you know, the, 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 there's this, there was a prophet called Balaam, right? And there was a king called Balak. Remember that? <laughs> And Balak made an agreement with Balaam to curse or to prophesy against the Israelites. And so as the Israelite army or as the Israelites came pass, passing by and, and Balaam opened his mouth to curse, blessing came out. He just blessed the people. And Balak said, no, no, don't bless them, curse them. And he opened, tried to open up his mouth again. And again, he just blessed the people. He blessed the, God's people. He blessed them. He prophesied the blessing of the Lord over them. And so as you are here this morning, I want you to understand you are a people of blessing. <laughs> the, the curse only flutters uh, above your head. But the curse cannot rest because the Lord has already spoken a word over your life. And that's a word of high favor. Ah, oh, come on. And so it doesn't matter what the, what the enemy has had to say. God has already have a word in on your life. And it's a word of strength. It's a word of life. It's a word of prosperity. It's a word of blessing. It's a word of health. It's a word of wealth. It's a word of overflow. In the presence of my enemies, I shall be blessed. In the presence of my enemies, my cup shall overflow. And goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life as I dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Come on. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a praise offering. Are you with me? You have to be different because the favor of God rests with you. I'll leave you with this thought and let me action. The brothers of, the, of Joseph, they had an issue with Joseph because he was favored. <laughs> and so 
the Bible says they sat and they saw Joseph coming and they saw there comes the dreamer they said that there comes the dreamer how did they know that was the dreamer two ways the dreamer was dressed differently he had a cloak of favor two the dreamer walked differently he had a walk to him in other words let me put that new testament for you you are cloaked in christ jesus romans 13 40. you are cloaked in the favor of god so when you walk you can walk with a little bit of a step inside of you you can walk something like this come on you can walk with a little bit of an attitude because you are a you are a, you're a son you're a daughter you understand goodness and mercy shall follow me and they say to you why you do you have attitude you say you bet you you bet your bottom dollar I have an attitude why I'm favored by the Lord I'm the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath in my incoming and in my outgoing I shall be blessed save me the anointing Amen. Come on, lift your hands. Praise God. Don't you just love the Lord? <laughs> Father, I pray for all my people this morning, Lord, your people. Father, they are highly favored. I have no doubt about that. They are anointed by God. Father, I pray this morning, may every sickness that is here, Lord, become unwelcome in their bodies in Jesus' name. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that all poverty will become a foreign thing. Father, I thank you for supernatural debt clearance. I thank you, Lord, that our people, Lord, will be a people that will be richly blessed in all areas of their lives. Why? They've been anointed by God, set aside by God, purposed by God, anointed by God, for God was with them. Lord, I thank you that the chains break, the shackles snap as they are anointed. Say me, Father, I receive that I'm anointed by God. I'm anointed. Father, I thank you that the anointing that's upon my life makes me unusual, makes me peculiar, makes me stand out. I am anointed. I want you just to receive that. I am anointed. I'm anointed to do business. I'm anointed for wealth. I'm anointed for healing. I'm anointed to heal. I am anointed. Father, this morning I pray, Lord, as I see, change many things simultaneously. Change many things this morning. Lord, I can't lay hands on everybody. Now our time is up, but what I do know is that you can heal many people and do it quickly, Lord. In Jesus' name.